Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey, Rebel Rouser. I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. We're at episode number 1,707 right now, and you know, if I passed up the opportunity to do this in a pool, then I would be a fool. So here we are in a pool for the first time in 1,700 episodes. Thank you so much for joining me for it. I hope you get to see this or listen to this while you're in a pool. And uh, if you're subscribing to the show, thank you so much for doing that too. And also thank you so much to the patrons who help make this show possible every day by their support at patreon.com slash SW7X7. So this week we are continuing to talk about Queen's Shadow, the new novel by E.K. Johnston that details a segment of the life of Padme Amidala. In fact, her first couple of years as senator for Naboo. And as with, as with yesterday's episode, we are in mild spoiler territory. So if you don't want the novel spoiled for you at all, then save this episode for a later date. But if you're okay with me talking about a few things about it, then let's dig right in. We're talking about Trade Federation stuff today. Obviously, the Trade Federation is the great nemesis of Padme and Naboo in the prequel era and they do factor into this novel though i will say not nearly as much as you're kind of given the impression that they might end up being from the beginnings of the novel so let me start to explain that but let me give you some background first first of all it's from a timeline perspective it's very early in padme's reign as queen when the trade federation invades naboo so she actually serves as queen for four years and it's very early on when that happens and she actually is subject to term limits she gets to run for um, two terms of two years at a maximum and it says in the novel that she ran unopposed in her second term which you know good for her obvious reasons why that happened and that people had actually been advocating for amending the constitution to let her continue to serve but she wanted to respect you know the laws of Naboo and knew that it was always time to get new opinions and new voices involved in the process so she did not support that and ultimately just wrote out her four years and decided to move on from there before she was asked by the new incoming queen to become senator for Naboo. In the meantime, Newt Gunray had been put on trial not once, not twice, but three times. And the third trial, as we find out at the beginning of the novel, ends in a hung jury. And so he's going to have to go back to trial for a fourth time for his crimes. And at the end of the novel, we find out that he has been declared not guilty and that he will retain his assets. And at that point, we find out that he has put a bounty on Padme's head high enough that it will attract some very unpleasant people to try to collect it. The end of the novel takes place in sometime in the second 
year of Padme's term as senator. It's not really made evident when in the term that happens, but I would say it probably happens sooner in the second term rather than later on. So we're talking about five years and change onward from the Battle of Naboo. So Newt Gunray definitely holding a grudge for a very, very long time, as we knew from the Clone Wars TV series anyway, but still. So early on in the novel, once Padme is on Coruscant and just beginning to become a senator, we find out that there's a company called Tri-Nebulon News, which is one of the you know, various news outlets that are competing for attention on the holonet. And they are publishing really awful, nasty stuff about Padme. And one of her new handmaidens is slicer trained and finds out that through various shell companies, the Trade Federation actually owns this Tri-Nebulon News. So they are trying to sully her reputation and make it seem so that, you know, there's nothing that she can do effectively as a senator you know nothing you know really you know horrible off of her and just basically making it seem like she's uh, a political novice and lightweight and that there's you know no way that she can do anything that would be worth paying attention to so ultimately it falls to her developing an alliance with Bail Organa and Mon Mothma who is able to kind of put some pressure back on some of these news outlets and suddenly they start a, you know, being nicer to Padme in their coverage, which is great. Um, and then as far as actual physical danger goes, early on she is directed to go to some tour of the lower levels of the Senate building, which you know, their droid is you know, not giving them enough information about it and is starting to make them a little bit suspicious, her and her handmaidens and her security detail. And so they you know, go there anyway, trying to keep their eyes wide open and actually do the decoy switch so that way it's not Padme dressed up as the queen, it's actually one of her handmaidens. And they go down there and ultimately, you know, the droid keeps malfunctioning even worse and worse and encounter of all people, Bail Organa. And so this is her first encounter with Bail. And Bail says, you know, what are you doing here? And, you know, these levels are scheduled for demolition. And Padme or, you know, one of her handmaidens is like, uh, yeah, that wasn't in the daily briefing. We didn't know that. And Bail says it was. So either somebody hacked her briefing as well, or you know, some other nefarious things are going on. And it's done in kind of a strange fashion because Bale is really kind of you know staid and dismissive and curt with her. And you almost wonder what the heck is going on and whether Bale you know, has anything to do with her being down there or why you know, he's down there in the first place. It's kind of suspicious in its own way and never really explained. But you know, he says, it's a good thing I was down here because if you, you know, had been left here for a few moments later, you would have been caught in the implosion and you never would have survived. So there is an assassination attempt on Padme's life. And I think, you know, this is probably my one quibble with the novel is that you get the idea that the Trade Federation is going to be more aggressive in messing with Padme during the course of the novel than it turns out they actually are. And, you know, that's pretty much the end of their, you know, aggressive attacks on Padme. But, you know, especially when you consider what they are capable of and what's described about the Battle of Naboo, about the fact that two of her handmaidens had been left behind, Sachet and Yane. Um, apologies for the pronunciations, but the accents are on the E's at the end, so I believe that's right. And the fact that Sachet had been part of this uh, resistance that had formed on Naboo after the Queen 
and the Jedi and you know a few of the handmaidens and the security folks had left. And when they arrived back there, I guess Sashay had been caught at some point trying to pass messages by the Trade Federation and tortured mercilessly and done so so that everybody could hear her being tortured. And Yane in the novel said that she refused to let anybody in this little resistance group give up their positions because Sashay was taking this torture and not giving anybody up. And so Yane's attitude was, I'm not going to let what she's experiencing be all for nothing. And so, yeah, that's uh, some pretty rough stuff. And so you imagine that more is going to happen with the Trade Federation and ultimately doesn't. So yeah, that I think was kind of my one quibble with the situation. And there is one other thing that's sort of Trade Federation focused, but ultimately gets used not in regard to the Trade Federation, but in regard to Battlefront 2, and I'll explain that to you in just a second. First, I just want to remind you that if you're not subscribing already, then I hope you will. And I hope you will also consider supporting me in delivering this daily dose of Star Wars joy to you by joining me at patreon.com slash SW7X7. A couple hours every day goes into creating this for you. And I hope that you would think it's worth you know, a dollar a month, $3 a month, $5 a month, heck, even $20 a month. Wouldn't that be something? Anyway, thank you very much for considering it. And thank you to all the patrons who already do. So, unfortunately for Padme and Captain Panaka, their relationship has, come, has become rather strained because there was a consideration of a planetary defense situation, and the Naboo were pacifists, generally speaking. So they worked on this ion pulse thing, which was supposed to be a way to destroy all the Trade Federation battle droids, should the Trade Federation ever invade with a droid army again. But Panaka was very vocal in saying the Ion Pulse wasn't enough and endorsed much stronger defensive measures. And that created a serious rift between Padme and Panaka. And so by the end of Padme's term, she and Panaka were not on very good terms at all. And Panaka was going to be retiring as a result and not staying on with her new security detail for whatever followed. So, you know, that's obviously a bit of a shame. But the connection with Battlefront 2 is that if you go through the story mode, it's after the point where Aiden and Dell have defected and become part of the Rebels. And after the events of Return of the Jedi, there's an invasion of Naboo by the Empire. And you play as Princess Leia while you try to make some repairs to get the Ion Pulse back online because they're landing AT-ATs and, and tanks and all sorts of other stuff. And so the level that you play on Naboo and you play as Princess Leia, you work to get the Ion Pulse back up and operational and then get back into the palace so all your equipment isn't affected by the Ion Pulse and get it turned on so that way you can disable all the Imperial machinery. So it's very cool to see a reference to it being built in Queen's Shadow, knowing that eventually it's not only going to be fully operational, but it's going to get used in Battlefront 2. And that is going to do it for our talk about Trade Federation stuff and the Queen's Shadow novel for today's show, and thus for the show in general. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.